But, 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 but Seth had some kids. You're going to read about them tomorrow. And Seth's kids, um, it says that they sought the Lord. And then you, it's interesting, as, as the generations play out, you see Lamech. And Lamech gives a, pro, a, a kind of a word about his son. And he said, God's going to really use my son in a special way. Essentially, it's what this prophecy uh, Lamech gave. You know who his son was? Noah. And you know what's interesting about the history of the world at that time is they went from Seth seeking the Lord to the time of Noah where the whole world was in rebellion against God. And you know what's interesting is, is it's human nature to live in a time of blessing and then and, and, and thankfulness to the Lord, but then you forget and you, you drift away from the Lord and you get away from what God has said. And when I look at the Bible, all through history, God moved his people to, to refocus on what he said. And you know what we get to do this year? It's a challenge of, for us as a body that we are gonna, we're going to refocus on what God has said. And then let's recognize, like, like you just saw that in the video, and, and it's interesting to look at how far our even our nation has drifted away from the Lord. Can you imagine? Like, like, like last night in New Year's Eve, they would sing Old Ang Syne, that song. A lot of people, oh, let's do it. But guess where they, they left out all the other verses about this is means all glory to Christ. Can you imagine astronauts actually going, we're going to open the Bible and we're going to read it. But it's human nature to drift away from the Word of God. And I want to challenge us to engage the Word more than we, in, in, a, in a more significant way than we ever have. Now, this is a challenge. And I've had a lot of people go, oh, well, people will just, uh, you know, they're not going to follow through. Hey, we're going to, we're going to, let's commit to this. Let's work on this. You know, there's a lot of ways to engage the Scripture. One is like a magnifying glass, which is what I often do when I preach through the Bible. We, we, we look at a book and dig deep, and we go verse by verse and word by word, and that's a good way to, to catch the details and catch the context. That's very important. It's a good way to study the Bible. You can also study the Bible theologically, where you look at concept by concept, where you really dig into what the Bible teaches and, and, the, and the theological lessons that we see. And we do that often. We will study the Bible in a, in a real um, uh, process way, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. We also, in our church, we like the theology of it. We dig into the teaching of the Scriptures and allow that to really penetrate our hearts. But, but this year, you know what we're going to do? We're going to kind of take a step back and look at the big picture of the Bible, the story of the Bible. Because the Bible is a narrative, and God's Word is a narrative. It's a story for us. And so, so we are going to kind of, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fly through it as a meta-narrative. Get back and look at the story of it. And I think it's going to be really valuable to us as we reckon, recognize the, the incredible story of the Bible. But this morning, if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew 7, because I want us to start with the why question. Why would this be important for us? And, and so if I can, let, let's take a real swing at this in the next 
uh, hour and a half that we have together. Because I only preached once today, and I'm used to preaching twice, so I'm going to preach twice right now. So I like, I like preaching twice. I'm just kidding. We may not go that long, but we're probably not going to get out here at noon. So just, you'll be all right. We'll be good. Uh, Stan, let's read together. Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Let's listen to this. Let's look at this. It says, therefore, Matthew 7, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains came, the uh, streams rose, and winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and it beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Maybe seated. Now, now Jesus was this, the, the, one of the best storytellers ever. You know, he, he would often speak in parables. Parables are like a typical uh, description of a parable. It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And, um, but, but, but a parable literally means to cast alongside. So that's what a parable means. And so, so basically Jesus would often cast alongside this earthly understanding alongside a heavenly message, a divine message. And, and he's, he's doing that here at the at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a good practice because he, he helps us understand these concepts of God. And, and Jesus was a master of that. And so let's look at this passage in Matthew 7. It's the end of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the greatest sermon. I, one of the greatest sermons ever preached. got to be. It's Jesus. I think it's Matthew's notes. I think Jesus was, um, I, think, I think this is a pretty long sermon, which I respect and love. Um, but, but, He says this, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, you're like a wise man. Let's catch the parable. If you hear the words of God and put them into practice, you're you're like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains came and the winds blew and the waters rise and it beat against the house, but it did not fall. But then he says, but it's also like the foolish man. If you hear these words of mine and you do not put them into practice, you're like a foolish man who built his house on a sand. The waters rose, the rains came, the winds blew, it beat against that house. And look at that, it falls with a great crash. Now, you know, one of the things you see is, is, this reality of life, and this is the truth of Scripture, that storms are going to come. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but, uh, you know, storms are a reality of life. Uh, there are difficult times. Every, we can all look back on this year, this past year, and, and 2022 brought some challenges to us. It brought some uh, moments that drew us to our knees, brought some difficulties our way. But it also brought some joys. And, and, but, but, but one of the things you see about life is there are storms that come. And, and we can't take away the storm. And this is the important reality that, that, that storms are a human reality for us. And it's almost like we, we as humans go, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm going through a tough time. 
The Bible's very clear. It's going to rain. There's going to be storms that come our way. And, and when I think about this passage, it's, it's, it's in storms come. Sometimes Satan brings storms to hurt us. And, and, but, but, but you know what, I, what I've discovered is God's, the storm, God uses storms to strengthen us. And, it help, and storms in my life has helped me really discover what I'm made of. And it really reveals my faith. In this story, you see two main characters here. They're, 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 they're builders, these two builders. And they're building the same thing, a house, in the same general location. That's what's happening. And, 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 and you know, obviously he's not talking about a literal house, but some of you guys build stuff. And, and you know if you build something right, uh, and it's good. If you build it, don't build it right, it's a bummer. And, and he's talking about these values and these priorities. He says, um, you know, both these homes, if you look at them, they're, they're, they're for practical purposes, they look alike. They're similar houses. There, there was no difference in these houses except the foundation, right? And both felt the pouring down rain, that, that the, they saw the waters rise. They, and you look at, let's look at this passage. They, you see in this passage, he, 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 the, the, the strong wind came. And here's something that we need to recognize about Jesus. Following Jesus will not, is not a call to safety, to comfort, it's not, but it is a call to stability. Don't miss that. That when you follow Christ, that, uh, that's, the, that's a path to a faithful life, a stable life, a life that, that, that doesn't wither, that stands the tests. Storms are a normal part of life. And it, actually, it's interesting, storms are part of God's plan for us. So let's, let's embrace that. Difficulties in life are part of God's plan for us, and, and we've learned to, to face them. And, and, and we, we recognize that we need to be tested. Our faith needs to be tested. And it's going to be tested. And this is a, a, a revelation of God. Like we, we, we turned the magnifying glass on 1 Peter last year. And we looked at one of my favorite passages of 1 Peter 1, 3 through 8. It says this, but in your hearts, no, excuse me, it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. And then he writes, Peter writes, who through faith, get this, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last times. God's going to reveal his plan for us. And in this you greatly rejoice, Peter writes. Though now for a little while, you may have to suffer grief through all kinds of trials. The Bible reveals trials are going to come. And then Peter writes, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold he talks about our faith is of greater worth than gold, which perishes, though refined by the fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And you know what? This year will we'll net some trials that we all go through. But, but what happens with our trials is through our trials that God 
strengthens our faith. And so whatever you're facing right now, whether 2023 is, is starting with, okay, man, we got some tough things to walk through. We've got some uncertain things to walk through. Let me tell you something. Trials are a part of God's plan for our lives. And from our text this morning, there are two ways to build your life. These, uh, Jesus calls the first builder a foolish man. And let's look at him first. He was foolish because he was impatient, right? He was impatient. And I've, you know, we, we need to be patient with the Lord. We need to be patient with, with we, 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 we don't like patience. We, we're in a fast society. If our, if our computer's a little slow, we're like, wait a minute. If, our, if, if McDonald's drive through is a little slow, we're like, what's your problem, people? Chick-fil-A, who wants to wait in that line out there? I mean, goodness gracious, oh my goodness. But, but you know what? The first builder, was, he was foolish because he was impatient. He wanted the benefits of a house, but he didn't lay a good foundation. He was foolish because he didn't listen to the wise. If you're going to build a house, you're going to listen to somebody that's wise, and they're going to calculate things, and you see this. And what if a flood comes? What if a storm comes? You know, the... the uh, the second builder, look at him, he's, he's called wise. Why is he wise? The, he, 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 you know, people become wise by paying whatever price it takes to build your life right. And, and you know, I, I've, I, I, I get this, I've gotten this this week. Oh, oh man, Chris, that, that's, that's hard to read the Bible through. We're going to be discouraging people because it'll be hard to keep up. You know what? Following Christ isn't easy, folks. It's not. It's not easy. Now, it's, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, right? My burden is light. That's absolutely true. Because the burden of sin, the burden, oh my goodness, the burden of sin. So I'm so proud of these two baptisms today. <clears throat> the burden of sin is off their lives. Jesus saved them. They're going to heaven because Christ saved them. That's, that's way better. Um, the, uh, you know, if you get, if you disobey the Lord, oh my goodness, that's, 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 that's burdensome. Sin is weary. Sin will weary you. And, 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 you know, it's interesting. We live in a day that we think, oh, well, it's not costly. It shouldn't be costly to follow Christ. No, it is costly to follow Christ. It's going to require discipline and, and effort. You know, this is what it means to walk with the Lord. A wise person and it's interesting to me because a lost world looks at us and goes, you really believe the Bible? You really study that thing? Yeah. Because the wise person always appears foolish because they do the things that really count. And, and, it, and it feels like, okay, am I wasting my time building a foundation doesn't it take longer? You could just throw up a house real quick if you don't take the time to build a foundation. But think how foolish that is. And, and you know, we, here's, the, here's the truth. We, we, walking into 2023, we need the support system of the Word of God. And, and I would say it like this. Oh, it may take me, I may have to get up 20 minutes early to do that or something. Look, look, you don't, these days are too challenging. You don't have time to miss that. That's something I pray we see. When, when storms come, because they're going to come, we need this, the foundation of the Word of God. 
Because that's the only way to stand firm. Now, when I look at this passage, it's interesting, the, the wise person seemed foolish until the rain came, until the storms came. And then the foolish man is standing there watching his house fall all around him, and the wise person is weathering the storm. And this is why I, I, I pray to be a pastor, but most, most of all, I pray to be a man and a husband and a father, now a grandfather who walks with the Lord. And, and as I look at moving into 2023, I want to challenge us to engage the Word of God like we never have before. Now, <clears throat> why should we do this? Well, let me just give you a, some points today. Why, why should the Word of God be such a priority for us? Number one is the Bible is the inspired Word of God. I want you to know what we hold in our hands is the inspired Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. As we engage the Word, it's the Word of God that equips us for every work of every good work. And, I, and I'm, I'm excited about the, the opportunity to have like this Bible given to my kids one of my kids. I haven't decided which one's going to get which one, but, but I'm going to engage the word, this Bible all year, and it's got all kinds, it's already got some scribbles in it and notes and things, and, 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 I, and I look forward to the day that I'm in heaven, and one of my grandkids goes, hey, I guess my grandpa wrote that. What do you say about that? Oh, that's interesting, you know. I want, them to, I want there to be evidence that their grandfather believed this. Don't you? Don't you want some evidence for that? Um, I don't know, I just thought. But, but 2 Timothy 3 talks about that. This, this, what this is, is God breathed. Let's think about that for a second. The, um, you, you know... You hear a lot of people that don't follow Jesus go, you know, this was like formed in the 400s. You can't really, this isn't really God's word. Well, let me just say one thing about that. There's a whole, you ought to look into how we got this canon, this thing. And, and, and there's a little bit of truth to that. It was, it was bound together in the 400s. That, that's actually a little bit true. But can I tell you what those guys did in the 400s? People have always been good historians. They've always looked back and thought, let's understand our history because for a long time, people have understood that if you don't know your history, you're, you're destined to repeat it. That's a big concept. And you know what they were doing in the 400s? They were looking backwards at the first century. They were close enough to look backwards and to recognize what the early church read to formulate the New Testament. Now, the Old Testament was pretty established, but... But, but I want you to know there's something miraculous about what God has compiled for us. And, and, and the reason why it's miraculous is because it's inspired by God. I want you to know that. God had in mind what he wanted written, and he made sure that it was preserved. And that's why we have this book. 2 Peter 1.21 says this, But know this 
First of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. God had in mind what he wanted written to humanity, and he made sure we had a record of it. So you can trust it. You should look at it. Now, there are three terms. I want to give you three quick terms when it comes to inspiration. And these are just theological terms, and you may have to go look them up later, but I'll define them. The first is plenary inspiration. This means that all parts of the Bible were inspired. Plenary inspiration. I believe that every part of this was inspired. Verbal inspiration. This means that that the very words are inspired, not just the main ideas. God inspired these words. Here's another term, confluent inspiration. This means that God's plan was to use both divine and human means to bring us the Bible. This is what God did. God used divine works and human beings to bring about the Word of God. And and God has always done this. He's used you and I. And that's why I look at, I love being a church right now and, and being a part of a church. I love starting my year with the church coming together because God uses us during this time by his, in, in, in his divine work to, to bring about the hope of the gospel to people in this place, in our time. I love it. The Bible is inspired, the inspired word of God. Second thing about the Bible, the Bible is the infallible word of God. Word infallible means that you can trust it not to lead you astray. And I want you to know, you, you, you can trust what God has said. It will, you realize that the Bible will never guide you down the wrong path, ever. And this is why it's amazing to me in my own life how, how, how I've had to I've had to grow in my discipline of consulting it. We, we should, this should be the first go-to for us. The Bible will never lead you astray. God gave you such a gift here, it will never lead you in the wrong direction. From start to finish, this book can show you the right track. And it can show you when you get off the, the, off the path. You, you know, this is the truth. You'll, you'll see this in in Seth and in the Old Testament, how, how you're going you're gonna, to, this year, you're going to discover the moments that God's people just said, yeah, I know that I should do this, but I'm just not going to do it. And you're going to see this over and over again. And, and what, what is important is that, is that this book will help you and move you to get back on the right path. And this is why we should consult it. The Bible is the infallible word of God. In fact, I want you to I want you to just hear what Psalm 19 says about the, about the Bible. It says about God's word, the law of the Lord. It says this. In, verses 9, in Psalm 19, 7 through 11, let me just read it. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are radiant, 
giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. I, I, I don't know about you, but, but it, it, it excites me to think about that we, this is what we get to engage together all year long. And I want you to recognize about the Bible, it is the infallible word of God. Third thing, here's about the Bible. The Bible is the inerrant word of God. Now let's, let's just think about that for a second. It's the inerrant. The word inerrant means that when all facts are known, the scriptures in its original autographs and when it's properly interpreted will be shown to be wholly true in everything it affirms. It's such a big statement that the Bible is without error, whether it has to do with doctrine, morality, with social issues, with, uh, with history, with um, science. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that will say, you know, the Bible talks about the earth is flat. I don't think it does. Psalm 103.12. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he removes your sin from you. Wow, that's Old Testament, folks. Wrap your head around that scientifically. That sounds like the earth is round. Because it, it, it is. The astronauts told us about that in the video. But, but I want you to recognize the Bible is without error. And, and, and here's what I want you to... I, I love this. The, the, it has proven itself prophetically. This is why, one of the reasons why I believe the Bible. The Bible has proven itself prophetically that these prophets spoke hundreds of years in the, it, it, before things happened and then they happened just like it said. Oh my goodness, the Bible has proven to be, proven itself prophetically. It's also proven uh, through the test of time. Do you realize that, that to this day, people have tried to disprove the scriptures and still it remains the best-selling book in all of history? And, and, and I just want you to recognize you can trust this. It's proven itself through its unity. When I look at the Bible, it is incredibly unified. In, in, the, in the messages, it, 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 the Old Testament and the New Testament are, are, are just right in step with each other. It's fascinating. You know what else it's proven? It's proven itself through the lives that have been changed. I'm one. And, I, and I've told this story before, but I remember being in an airport, and there was this really successful lawyer that was sitting across from me, and I was reading my Bible, he was an Oklahoma City lawyer, and he'd been on the news and stuff. And, and uh, he kind of like saw me reading my Bible, and this guy doesn't believe in Jesus. And, and he started really challenging me. 
about my faith. You believe that? I do. And, and you know, as I, um, and he brought up some arguments that everybody's, that, that's been around for a long time that have answers. And we had a little debate, and he was a lawyer, and I was young at that time. I was younger. But, but you know what? His arguments fell short in a lot of ways, philosophically and, and biblically. He really didn't know much of the Bible. He thought he did. But, but you know what he didn't, couldn't do? He couldn't take away those moments in my life that I got on my knees and said, God, I need you right now. And God strengthened me. <laughs> Couldn't do that. And, and, and I started thinking through all the times that God has moved in my life. Times that I got on my knees and prayed and God answered my prayer. Often not in the way that I thought. But, but I've learned that God's word is powerful and living and active and the spirit of God moves through his word. And so as we start the new year, here's my prayer for us. The Mission Life Challenge is to engage the word of God like never before. Let's walk through it together. Let's walk through it. And let's write some stuff down. You can write it in your Bible. We have these journals. Like this, this journal is available right back there. This is my my together journal that I just put it in this thing. Uh, let's engage the word this year. Because you know what I think? I think we need it. I think we need the raw word of God. And I think as we preach through it, as we walk through it, I think God's going to do some incredible things in us and through us. Folks, I love being a part of the church. And I can't wait, I, I can't wait for 2023. Because guess what? It just started. Can you believe it? It's 2023. Have you heard that statement that the, the days go slow? but the years go really fast. Let's make this year count. And that's my prayer for you. I love you. You need the word. Let's embrace it. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, oh, can I just say to you? Um, maybe you're watching online today. I don't know which camera. I'm not, I'm not this one. This is getting my knees. But oh, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have to go another day without him. Uh, I wish so bad. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, I wish so bad I could, I could take my heart and put it in you. You know, what, you, know what, you know what Braden said to me? I go, hey, you nervous about being baptized? He goes, I'm excited. He goes, I played sports my whole life. I know the difference between being nervous and being excited. 
He goes, I'm excited to get up and, and be baptized. I'm excited to follow the Lord. Oh, can, and my prayer today is, Lord, may every one of us leave this room excited about engaging you. If you don't know Jesus, oh, I, don't, I, I want you to know he will walk with you. He will talk with you. Rick, I, in your mom's service this week, Norma Whitaker preached her funeral this week, and, and we sang that song, and he walks with me. And he talks with me in the garden, the old hymn. And I want you to know God walks with you. He will walk with you. He will talk with you. He will strengthen you. Why would you miss that? You know, he'll take away your sin. He'll forgive you. Oh, let's come to Jesus. We're going to have an invitation. The invitation is for everyone today. It always is. It's for everyone. Will you commit today to engage the Word of God and read the whole Bible together with us? I'm going to ask you to just, Joe's going to sing, and I'm going to ask you to just, just go to the Lord. You can come down front if you want. But I really want you to just do it right where you are. And go, God, would you help me? Would you strengthen me? And would you speak to me through your word? And I want us to recognize this is not about checking some religious box. This is about engaging the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords who will speak to you, who will guide you, who will walk with you. That's what this is about. This is not about some religious checklist. No, this is about engaging the, the, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords who knows your name, knows your story, and is going to strengthen you every day. So as we engage the scriptures, don't miss looking to Jesus. Don't miss looking to him. Don't miss saying, God, I, I, I'm, I'm paying attention. What are you going to say to me? That's why I love the here journal that we're pushing you to, because it causes you to stop and think, God, I want to hear you today. Oh, let's, let's engage the word and engage the Lord like never before.